0: Cammy, it was great to hear your story, and I'll come back to that a little bit later on. Well, you don't often get a carol service and an election at the same time, uh, but we have been blessed with both. Um, and obviously, a key question for this week is going to be: what kind of leader are you looking for? And everyone is asking that question. It's uh, uh, the pollsters. Uh, the pundits, the correspondents. And it's a good question. What uh, kind of leader are you looking for? We want the right kind of leader, don't we? And so underneath the, uh, uh, the, the TV debates, uh, the political ads, the interviews or the not interviews, um, that is what is going on. We're asking that kind of question. Are they the right kind of leader? Do they meet my expectations? Now, It is a question that I am very aware of. Um, If I can just uh, introduce myself a little. Uh, My name is Paul, if you don't know me. I am going to be the new uh, rector here um, in due course. Um, And people are asking that question of me. Um, Are you the right kind of leader? Um, I thought I might share a little story from uh, a a few years ago. Um, I was leading a carol service. Um, Now, as you can see, I am like this. Um, I I, I am mixed race. Um, and so I have uh, brown skin um, I have, I'm told, a very English accent um, And, uh, and this, is, this is kind of who I am um, And after the carol service, after I'd been leading um, A young chap came up to me Now he was a, a, a young uh, British-Asian chap as well um, And he was just amazed that I had been leading a carol service um, He was really stunned he was kind of, he, Generally his mouth was kind of open um, and he just sort of said, they let you do this. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and we got chatting, and it was fun. And I you know, and I, I asked him, kind of told him about myself a little bit, and I asked him about him and his background. But every now and again as we were talking, he would just stop and go, but seriously, they let you do this. <laughs> um, and so it went on. And, uh, and I thought as, as we went along, well, um, yes, they do. Thanks, I think I'm starting to question myself now, but you know, I think he was pleasantly surprised. I think he had that sense um, that he hadn't quite been expecting it, Uh, and here was I, somebody who looked like him, doing something like this, and he was kind of uh, excited to see it. We all want the right kind of leader, but who is the right kind of leader? I'm going to try and answer that uh, in the next few minutes from the words of Isaiah. Now, the passage that we first read um, is printed uh, just in the back, near the back, a couple of pages in. Isaiah chapter 9, um, verses 2 to 7. And they're printed there. And I'd love to, I'd love to just look at them with you uh, and talk about them. Uh, and, and begin with this, this, really, that we all want the right kind of leader. And we're not at ease with ourselves. Without one. Now, this reading here—it's from the Old Testament. Now, if you're not very familiar with that, it means it's from several centuries ago. Um, It's a prophetic text. It was a a piece of um, prophecy, Um, and so uh, the best way to kind of describe it is—it's like those, those voiceovers that you get at the start of a good movie, which kind of takes you back in time, and you know somebody with a deep voice comes on and says, "There was a legend." that there would come a leader. And, you know, you begin that sort of story. Um, and that is kind of what is going on. It's that kind of text. And in Isaiah's day, the nation that he is talking about, uh, often called God's people, uh, Israel, uh, was divided. There had been a civil war. There had been a fracture. They were a divided nation. And would you believe it? There were, therefore, there were kind of two parts, and there were two main leaders vying uh, for supremacy within a split nation. Uh, the people had turned their back on, on God as their leader. They had, they had decided to go their own way, and they were looking to their own leaders to save them. And it's remarkable how many resonances you can find as you look at it. So in the story, in the geography of the region, you can imagine other nations uh, had their part to play. One of those leaders uh, of God's people, Israel, uh, was looking to make an alliance with a nearby neighbor in Syria. Um, so you might say that one of the leaders uh, was looking to a leader north of the border to help them out. You see where this is going? <laughs> then there was this uh, force on the horizon, a much greater force, uh, Assyria. As um, and you might think of them as like a, a world superpower that was trying to exert its influence. ...on a sort of smaller nation and meddle with what was going on. It's amazing how many resonances there are. So you've got a country that is deeply divided. A country that Isaiah describes as in darkness. The word he uses is darkness. Now darkness here, he's trying to capture and describe something. And he means distress. He means anxiety. Here is a divided nation... This society is not at ease with itself anymore. Isaiah calls it darkness. And so in verse 2, he says, The people walking in darkness, they are those living in the land of deep darkness. There is a distress. There is an anxiety. They are no longer at ease with themselves. But something is going to change. And those famous words, the people walking in darkness, have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. God isn't going to leave them there in that situation, in that darkness. He's going to bring them light. And Isaiah, what he is talking about is what God is going to do. It's that, uh, that's what these verses that unfold. And he is describing for them what life will be like one day. Now, you might think of it as Isaiah's, I have a dream speech, okay? A famous, I have a dream speech was once given. Isaiah has a dream. Isaiah has a dream that God will bring the nation back together. Verse 3, he says, you have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. Um, Enlarge the nation, he means you're going to heal this nation. You're going to bring it back together rather than it shriveling into factions and division. It's it's going to come together again. He uses a couple of pictures. He pictures a a harvest. um, He pictures uh, national victories and festivals. We might think of times when uh, perhaps you know your nation or our nation here in the UK has been closer together. Uh, We might think of the Olympics, say. uh, Times when people have sort of celebrated and come together and enjoyed being a part of uh, a society. Isaiah has a dream that God will bring a nation back together. Isaiah has a dream that all oppression will end. Uh, He describes uh, Midian's defeat, if you were wondering what that was. Uh, It was uh, uh, many years before. It was a remarkable victory, a famous victory, when the people had their backs against the wall and actually remarkably it had been overturned. Uh, Again, in in this nation's history, you might think of D-Day, somewhere uh, where a remarkable victory had come. Isaiah has a dream that all oppression will end. Isaiah has a dream that all conflict will come to an end. Uh, He talks about uh, the warrior's boots that's used in battle. Every garment rolled in blood. He imagines these weapons of attack are going to be put away. You can hear him saying, every warrior's boot gone. Every blood-stained garment, gone. Every bitter social media attack, Gone. Every bit of fake news gone. He pictures that kind of society, that kind of vision of God's people. Now, you wouldn't have this kind of dream if everything was fine, would you? You wouldn't have this kind of dream if everything was fine. If you had the right kind of leader and things were going well, you wouldn't need this. But that is the point. They weren't fine, they were in darkness. They were anxious, anxious, they were fractured, they were distressed. They were not at ease with themselves. Um, I spent some time uh, at a conference um, earlier this year. I got to go to a conference. It was quite a a, a privilege to be at. um, uh, It was about conflict and uh, reconciliation, um, about war and about peace. And it happened to be uh, being held in uh, Bosnia, in the Balkans, um, a place that has a very fractured history, a um, uh, very torn and painful past. A place uh, where uh, there have been long periods where they haven't been at ease um, at times. Um, and the conference was, uh, was very interesting. It was being facilitated by those who work um, in peace and reconciliation around the world. And at a number of times it was pointed out that in the UK at the moment, in some parts of Europe at the moment... Uh, in some parts of the United States at the moment, and other places around the world which you will know, there are countries that have entered periods of internal conflict. And sure, nobody has gone on the radio to announce to everyone, we are now in a time of conflict, we are now at war with ourselves, we are now at war with somebody. But that is what we have entered into. And we might say... Uh, Looking back uh, a few years, without quite realising it, a referendum here has plunged us into internal conflict. And we may be only at the beginning of that. And as you look around, I wonder if you sense this. We are not at ease as a society anymore, are we? We're divided and distressed. We are anxious I wonder if it has struck you, as we have turned our back on God, it means we put incredible weight on our leaders. We build up the leader that we have put our hope in, and we tear down our opponent's leader. And then when our own leader lets us down, we destroy them as well. We are not at ease with ourselves. And we're not at ease with ourselves personally. Uh, Cami was very brave and described that earlier. Uh, We can find ourselves personally in periods of anxiety and uncertainty, of not being at ease. I wonder how many of us here would say we feel that. We're not sure exactly who we are anymore. We need a different kind of leader. We need a different kind of leader. And that is what uh, Isaiah begins to speak of. I said these words were a a prophecy, um, and I said they were a bit like a a movie voiceover. So when we get to um, verse 6, you have to imagine in that sort of deep uh, uh, voice that a hero is coming. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now, he is given to us. It's the first signal that he is different. He is a different kind of leader. He is given to us. We need somebody who is different to us, who isn't just like our own leaders. He's a child, Uh, he's going to come into the world in weakness. The government is going to fall on his shoulders. Uh, Leading is a, a burden. And it's a burden that he is going to take on our behalf. And these are the first hints that the way he leads is different. It will be through liberation, not oppression. It will be through peace and not through force. He isn't going to come and impose himself in that way. He's going to come quietly and in weakness, and take a burden upon himself for us. Now Isaiah puts his finger on four qualities that he has. He describes him first as a wonderful counsellor, and a lot of this is about um, this is strategy. Uh, it, you could, you could uh, describe it as an amazing advisor, the best kind of advisor that you had, who, could, who knows exactly the right thing to do and the, exactly the right way to go. Uh, he's a mighty God, and this is about ability, strategy, ability. It's, it's no good having the right ideas if you c- don't have the power to carry it out. He has that power. He's described as everlasting father, and that sense of everlasting, it's about security. Strategy, ability, security. No more coming and going in government. And finally, he's called the Prince of Peace. And that is about... Humanity. Peace here is wholeness. It's completeness. Uh, You might know the word peace uh, is shalom. It's a completeness in who he is. So you might say he's the the chief of well-being, but that um, sounds like a kind of government government minister's post, doesn't it? So um, that might not appeal. But really what it's saying is he is the complete human. He is at ease with himself. And with God. And he is going to change utterly the way the world works. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. Can you imagine what world leader wouldn't kind of give their eye teeth or whatever it is for that? You might imagine how much they wanted to have heard that in Isaiah's day, fractured and divided, though they were. But this this leader, the Bible tells us, doesn't arrive in Isaiah's time. Uh, He doesn't arrive uh, for many more centuries. But he does eventually come quietly in the person of Jesus Christ, a child born in Bethlehem, of whom we have sung. Jesus is a different kind of leader. He is far more than we might ever imagine. Uh, to come back to my um, my young friend, uh, who I met at that carol service, who was um, who was kind of taken aback by me. Um, now he was surprised enough uh, that I was there, um, but I'm you know I'm not that remarkable. Um, this is, this is sort of altogether different. What's being described here, imagine he had come along. It hadn't been me here, but he'd, uh, he'd found, I don't know, somebody, someone like Barack Obama. Now, that would have really wowed him. It's that kind of idea. Jesus is far greater than any leader we can imagine. And Jesus says, I came to be that leader for you. If you are somebody who is in distress, you are somebody who knows anxiety, uncertainty, I came to be that leader for you. If you are somebody who looks at at the world and has that sense that things are not at ease and it troubles you and the politics of it all is getting under your skin and you could do away with it all, he says, I came to be that leader for you. What are we supposed to do with this? Well, I wonder, there might be a few things you could do. If, if this is the, the, the kind of first uh, time you've ever been in a building like this and you've uh, heard someone like me talking, come back. Come back sometime and hear again. Hear of this leader. You might want to come and find me afterwards. And uh, I'd love to give you a, a short account of the life of Jesus, uh, which describes how he led and what he was like. You might want to find somebody you've uh, seen at the front or somebody that you've come with and say, would you tell me more about him? We are, uh, in the new year, we'll run a a small group uh, where you can find out a little bit more about Jesus, this leader. Does he really stand up to what he says he is? As I would say this week, I think, to all of us, Register your vote, but don't ultimately rely on your vote. As the months go by, as the years go by, when your leader inevitably lets you down, when the world still seems to be a mess, you'll still find yourself looking. We will need a leader who is greater than... Than all of them. I wonder what kind of leader you are looking for this Christmas.